Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. On this episode of American Glutton, I'm joined by Andy Frizzella. Andy is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and a highly sought-after consultant and public speaker. He has been featured in Entrepreneur and Forbes magazines, and from 2015 to 19, he hosted the MF CEO Project, the number one business and success podcast in the world. On his new podcast, Real AF, with Andy Frisella, he and his guests discuss, debate, and laugh their way through trending topics and hot-button issues. You can find Andy on Instagram at Andy Frisella or at AndyFrisella.com. Andy Frisella, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Uh, Ethan, bro, it's so good to, to be on, man. I'm really excited to, uh, to be a part of this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. I got to say, the first I ever became familiar with you was, God, I feel like it might have been even a couple of years ago now. You know, I've been on a weight loss journey for a long time and I've done a lot of different things. And then, and, and I love anything that, that kind of pokes a hole in my game. And there was a lot that I hadn't been really taking into consideration getting outside. What a big deal that is. It's a huge right. deal. Get yourself outside, read right. something. How important and vital is reading? And I take it literally because most of the, you know, written, stuff that I that I digest I'm listening to nowadays right right and and this was read and so it's like sit down and read there's something about actually being present and looking and reading that I think is a big deal and absolutely I just I thank you for that man I want yeah, I want to know bro. all about it yeah so basically dude uh like you you know I have struggled with my weight my whole life and I've done, you know, and I'm sure you have too. We, we've, we've tried everything, you know, every single diet program. And, and dude, there's hundreds of them. And, and like everybody says, you know, there's, there's a million ways to, to skin a cat and get the job done. And I agree with that. But what I, what I found out as I went through, you know, the journey of, of this, because, you know, when you're, when you're bigger, which I naturally am, it, it's a constant battle. Yeah. And what I figured out, bro, is that it wasn't the program that was that was messing me up. It was my mentality. And so I, I started to, over the course of time, put together the little things that had really helped strengthen my mental game that allowed me to adhere. Because the problem is, it's not that, you know, people like to argue about the specifics of a program, you know, oh, uh, this is better than that, or this is better than that. Well, it really doesn't matter if you can't stick to it. And that's really ultimately the problem. Yeah. And so I designed 75 hard as a compilation of all the things that I've learned over the last 20, you know, two years of uh, not only struggling with, with my weight, but being in the fitness industry and, you know, having that pressure of trying to, to maintain a certain physique and all these things. And, uh, you know, I kind of put it all together and people jumped in and, and, uh, man, it's, it's, it's got a lot of legs now. So it's been, uh, it's been really cool. But for me, dude, you know, I battled depression and I have for the last 20 years. And for me, this gaining mental strength and mental clarity has become my main priority over the physical. And so I've learned that whenever I take care of the mental, the physical is automatically there. Yes. And so. Yeah. So like, dude, you know, I, I think I was focusing and I think a lot of people do this, right? We focus on the scale. We focus on, uh, you know, how our clothes fit. And those are, those are good measurements. But the truth is, is if we can get our mind in the right spot, you know, sticking to a program is actually pretty easy, you know? And so that's the purpose of 75 hard is to get people mentally tuned up, um, and teach people certain things. Like you mentioned the going outside, and a lot of people are like, well, what's the difference between going outside and doing it and doing it on a treadmill? Well, guess what? It might be raining outside. It might be snowing outside. It might be thunderstorming outside. We don't know. But the point that we learn through that is that circumstances are never going to be, they're never going to be perfect for us. 
You know, we're going to have to do things that are uncomfortable in, in circumstances that are not ideal. And so that is like one little lesson that that program, you know, that aspect of the program is designed to teach. And so, you know, I took all these little things and I kind of formed it into this program and dude, it's, you know, it's cool. It's changing people, man. And, uh, that's the best thing for me. It's a free program. I put it out for free. It's, it's been really fun to, uh, be a part of and, and see people improve. And dude, I got, I was just telling my guys, uh, we got a barbershop here at my at, at headquarters and I was getting my haircut. I was telling them I was coming on your show and they were, dude, everybody was talking about your transformation, bro. And I just got to give you props, man, because that is it. They pulled up a side by side. It's just, <laughs> it's incredible, brother. Like it's, it's just super inspiring and you look fucking awesome, man. Thank you. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a weird thing. And I, and I want to get into the mental aspects with yeah. you. I, ju I just to, to, to go back to real quick, something I thought of when you were talking about it, you know, I, my mind doesn't stop. I, you know, I don't know what, mental illness I have I'm sure it's got a perfect name I, I don't know what it is but like everything I think about I go like oh there's a hole in my game I haven't been outside enough and Andy's thing says get outside that's 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 got some something in me goes like there's truth there and then right. I'm just constantly trying to pick apart why it's true and I go like well you know there's something about seeing more space than just having being in a room and you're looking at a wall and, yeah. and suddenly you've got a, a a horizon to look at and you're looking at this and that distance makes me feel better and then you know whether it's raining or snowing you're getting a little bit of sunlight and and right. and that vitamin D development makes me feel better and th and then so all these reasons why I have to rationalize the fact that no, just get outside, dude. Just yeah. put your yeah. body outside and move around and I'll feel better. Like I, you know, maybe there's somebody who's severely agoraphobic and they're going to feel like total shit if they go outside. And so then yeah. it's not right for them. But I know for right. me, that was something big. As far as the mental goes, I I've been thinking about this a lot and you're you're dead on and and over the course of the last 18 years i have been the only person who has gotten in my way and and when i say that i've no, been, I get it. i've been made yeah. fun of i've been told that i'm too thin at times i've been told i'm too fat and i appreciate you saying i look awesome i think i look awesome oh, this is the best i've do. ever felt in my life as far yeah. as like uh uh pride in accomplishment over a goal I've set for myself. Yeah. But I, I, I tell you, dude, the mental is the mental is still the biggest hurdle. You know, there, there are many times and, and I don't understand the mechanics and I, I don't even know if there's a pill that's available that takes these barricades away. But I sometimes think of life as like, uh, you know, the Olympic hurdles on a track. And I think, there's some even the best hurdler he's going to go over these things if he's going over them forever there's going to be a point where it's too much and he just can't go over anymore right and right. and then i think about for myself and like climbing over one one hurdle for me is a big deal just getting right. over that and i think these are all mental blocks you know um right for sure and none of it's actually real no, for sure. Dude, I totally relate to that a hundred percent. You know, a lot of people from the outside, they, they see, you know, this intense dude when they look at me and they're like, oh, this guy must be fucking, you know, always on. No, it's not. Actually, it's, it's actually the opposite of that. I'm actually very weak and I have to talk myself up and I, I purposefully just share this stuff with people. And so I totally get what you're saying, bro. And for, it's the same for me. And what helped me with that was I started to look at everything as a test. So instead of looking at it as like, oh man, I got this hurdle to jump over or this, this obstacle in my way, I'm like, I started looking, because I'm a competitive guy, I want to fucking win, you know? And that's just who I am. And so I started looking at it as a test. And, and so when I start to feel that pressure and I start to feel those mental drags, I, I kind of put my, 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 what I call my boss voice inside my head 
sort of comes in and says, hey, dude, this, this is where you're going to find out whether you are what you say you are and what you think you are or whether you're just pretending. Yeah. And so I started, to, I started to really listen to that voice. And when I changed my perspective of, you know, because right now, bro, we live, and nobody can really deny this. You know, we live in a society now where, you know, victimhood is celebrated. And not only is it celebrated, people seem to be in a competition about who's the bigger victim. Who had the worst shit happen to them? Who had the more uh, damaging upbringing or, or the th- Dude, we all have our challenges, man. All of us. And they might not be the same, but a challenge is a challenge is a challenge. It's hard. And so when I, when I stopped looking at things from, man, why do I have to deal with this? You know, why, why is this happening to me? And I started to look at it. I was like, okay, this is a test, dude. Are you going to pass it or are you going to fail it? Man, for me personally, that changed my life. Yeah. And uh, that got me to a place where I felt com- more comfortable and even, even more excited, right? Like more excited to, to go after the, the hurdles that happen, right? Like, because now I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm building my own confidence aggressively instead of like just by accident, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I really, I totally relate brother. And then, you know, struggling mentally, especially during this time with this uncertainty that's going on in the world and, you know, all these different negative things that we have coming at us all the time. It's just, uh, I, you know, preserving and figuring out our own mental health and our own ability to um, function in a productive way. I, I just encourage everybody to try to do. And it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that the point, like, what what I've been trying to the way I've been trying to shift my perspective on this is every time that I get into a, a rhythm or even a conversation with myself about why do I have to deal with this, I try as fast as possible to shift it to how do I deal with this? Right. Yeah, dude, for sure. Because just just sitting back and going like this is awful. That that doesn't get me anywhere. No, it makes it worse. Yeah, it, yeah, it really does. And and you know, I've been in spots where, you know, I got to be five hundred and fifty pounds and a drug addict because yeah. I was I was really go like allowing those conversations to persist within myself and and right. and allowing that to be real and going like, yeah, let's really think about how hard life is and how awful all of this is. And I, I, I think you're spot on. It's, it's, if, if we, if we go like, well, it is what it is and that's what it is for me. I can't know what it is for somebody else. So I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't say like, I have it better or worse. Um, but I, I, I understand what it is for me or I understand to the best of my ability, what it is for me. I can spot this. It's tough. How do yeah. I deal with it? You know, yeah, and dude, that's something too. I think even in business, you know, I relate to that tremendously. Like, I think that applies to all areas. It does for me too, bro. And what it is, and I, one of my main guys here at work, we always talk about it. You know, when I don't know, when I know something's wrong and I don't know what to do, is the worst part. That's the part where it's like the anxiety and the pressure and the and the and the anger and the stress comes in. But the minute I, I, the minute I know what to do, the minute that goes away because I know I'm going to do it. And I, I, I totally understand what you're saying when you say, you know, you know, shifting from why is this happening to what, what am I doing? And then the other thing too, bro, is like, I learned that too, man. And, and I didn't really learn the comparison thing until recently, uh, maybe the last three or four years where like, I would look at other people and I'm like, dude, this, this guy here, he, you know, he's 230 pounds. He's shredded. He doesn't have a problem in the world. And I would look at that guy's life and think his life was perfect. But what it come to find out is he's facing all these other challenges. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we, we as humans are all dealt a, a set of cards, you know, and there's good and bad. And, you know, we have to understand that even though we might look at the outside of someone and think they have it all together, that person's still facing their own demons and their own challenges to overcome. And, you know, for us, you know, it's more visible for everybody. You know what I mean? Whenever we're, you know, so it's, uh, I totally get it, man. And I mean, 
I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't have it all figured out, brother, but I can tell you this, you know, we have to, like you said, this is the best I've ever felt. I mean, dude, that's what we have to go after. You know, it can't be, we've got to play this role in life of what everybody else expects. It's got to be what makes us feel good and what makes us, you know, feel proud of who we are. You know, I'm sure when you look in the mirror, dude, you're like, fuck, I'm like, so proud of the work that I've done. And dude, I'm the same. You know, I look back at when I was bigger and, and I, and I, I'm like, I don't even recognize that dude anymore. Like I really don't. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't either. I, I will say even to this day, I got to fight through a little bit of m- mental garbage to get yeah, to, me too. I'm proud. I, I do get there, but there, there's always something where it's like, this could be better. This could be bigger. This could be smaller. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I think that's okay, though, because I think that keeps us sharp, right? Like, it's okay to have a little bit of discomfort. You know, the, the, that's interesting you bring that up because, uh, like, the body positivity movement, you know what I'm saying, or the body acceptance movement. And, brother, you know as well as anybody that, and I do too, like, when I was, I was 350 pounds, I ran a big company, I'm doing very well financially, I have the life everybody thinks is cool, and, dude, I'm miserable. Yeah. And, you know, there, there wasn't a dollar amount or anything that could fix the situation where, you know, when I go to the store, I can't find clothes that fit. Or when I go to the a swimming party or barbecue, I'm super embarrassed to take off my shirt. You know, shit like that. And, like, those things... I don't know, man, like they just, they wore and wore and wore and wore on me. And, and to the point where I just, I said, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix this. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that we, as, as, as people, you know, stay sharp, like, dude, you know, tell yourself the truth. It's okay to give yourself some approval and credit, but it's also okay to notice that, you know, Hey, this could be better and this could be better. I'm going to work on that. And I think that's a, that's a good place to be because, it keeps us from getting complacent and the complacency is what got us in the problem in the first place, you know? So like, I understand like it's, it's a, it's a struggle to feel good, but I also think it's okay to, to not be satisfied too, if that makes sense, you know? Totally. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I was never a big basketball fan, but I did recently watch the um the thing on Michael Jordan, the, oh, yeah. the, the last awesome. dance, and like yeah. that's I, I think that's a great example of what you're talking about. Here's a dude yeah. who's like the greatest of all time, crushing everything he kind of puts his hand right. into, shoes, best shoes, basketball team, best basketball team. Didn't really get enough of a runway for baseball, and then there was a strike, but probably would have done okay at that too. I I watch it, and I go like, yeah, he would have been a good baseball player, but what do I know? I don't really know anything about sports. So I see all that. The dude is constantly haunted by doing better and being better. You know what I mean? Like You you can't sit back and just say he was the happiest guy and everything came easy to him. Nobody worked harder than that guy. No, no, dude, you know, that's, that was, I learned a lot from watching that documentary. I thought it was amazing. Me um, too. And yeah. And the one thing I learned the most, I think, did you remember the part where they asked him, they said, well, you know, some of your friends said, you're not really a nice guy. And he got like emotional and had stopped the interview. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So like that stuck with me, dude. Like that was something that, that I, that, that for me, I was like, damn, you know, like, Sometimes when you're going to push and you're pushing to be elite, you're pushing to be excellent, you know, people are going to see it as negative. And, you know, that, that situation, you know, I could see why that would upset him because dude, in reality, all he's trying to do is make everybody around him better, Yeah, you know, and, and then to be hated for it, you know, mentally, you know, it's okay to smile and have, cause it seemed like he was very, like they talked about his superpower in the, in the documentary about, that was being present in the moment. So if he's practicing free, free throws, he's 100% focused on free throws. If he's having a conversation, he's 100% having that conversation. And that's something for me, and you mentioned you with your mind going crazy, because mine's like that too, that, that I really learned is like, you know, you could still be great and do great things without like worrying all the time. You just got to be present in what you're doing. And it's actually dude in a very short amount of time really transformed my, my happiness because 
now, instead of like always thinking about what's going on with my fitness or my business or my podcast or whatever's going on. Now, when I have a conversation with, you know, Colin, who works here, instead of me thinking about this and that, and how we're going to get better and we're going to improve, I'm thinking like, all right, let's, let's have this conversation. And dude, you, you know, it's just made, I don't know that I know this is off topic, but dude, I just really value that, that documentary because it taught me a lot. I, I don't you know? think it's off topic at all. I think it's, yeah. I think you're, 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 you're dead on with it. And I, and, and I, I suffer from the same thing. Um, and and I think it's a, a lot to do with being present. And when I talk about hurdles, like if I'm on my way to the gym and I, I got a piece of bad news that might not even be bad or whatever, something, whatever the mental hurdle is that comes up, it is it is literally just trying to pull me out of being present for what I need to be present for at the time. Right. You know? Right. And I think, you know, and, and the other thing is, I agree with you when I when I when I look at people and I see like, well, this guy's just got it made. He has no problems. He's not pushing through anything. Everything just comes easy to him. Success, this, that health. You know, I I do think a little bit of like, fuck that guy, because. Yeah, dude, I know. You know, so I think it's important (laughs) to for guys who go through that, like Michael Jordan, to open up and go like, I'm also human and here's all the shit I was dealing with. And, and, you know, I, I don't think the, the idea that, you know, switching problems, it's like everybody's got them and you're probably best equipped to deal with your own. Yeah. I agree with that, man. I agree. We got our problems for a reason. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's an interesting thought. I, I think, I think that's an aspect of being mentally tough though, too. Right. Because you have to train yourself to be present. Like just the example you use, because this happens to all of us, bro. And especially when we're not disciplined, right? Like I could get a rock chip in my car on the way to the gym and find out, justify some crazy excuse as to why I couldn't work out that day. You know what I mean? Right. But as we get stronger mentally and as we get tougher mentally, now it's to the point where, you know, and I'm sure it's this way for you, you know, it there could be a nuclear bomb dropped down down the street, dude. I'm still working out. You know what I mean? Like it's happening, and uh, and so I think that's you know that's being present. You know, I'm I'm just figuring that part out uh, at you know 40 years old. So it's uh it's been a challenge for me, but it's definitely brought a lot of positivity to me in a very short amount of time. You know, I don't have to be tense all the time. I don't have to be you know this robot you know what i mean and, and dude i love the fact that jordan got emotional on that on that video when, when people asked him that because i feel like it show, it did show humanity and it showed look man we all got feelings and we all deal with problems and and uh you know it's just part of life man look i'm a nice guy i try to treat everyone in the manner that i want to be treated right right Th- that said i'm not trying to be the best at anything I'm really not. I'm trying to be the best me for right. for me and my wife and my kids, period. That's as far yeah. as my greatness extends. Yeah. Well, when, you're doing it, man. Well, I appreciate that. But when I look at a yeah. dude like Michael Jordan and I go like, he's got a lot of competition of people trying to be the best at what he's trying to be the best at. And he's also inspiring the whole world. I kind of go like, for me, the balance of hurting somebody's feelings to worldwide inspiration doesn't even compute. I I go like, none of that matters to me. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres. And by the way, I've met her. She wasn't exactly warm with me. Who cares? I don't care. Right. She right. she is doing from what I can see a, a, a very big net positive to the people that she is influential over, and so if she's got to yell at somebody behind the scenes, for me it doesn't really matter. Now if you get into like physical abuse and like no, dude, I totally get it. Bro. You know, like I, I get exactly what you're saying. Like when you're trying to. There is a, that's a trend. You're right. I mean, that's, that's a greater good transaction, you know? And the truth is, bro, is like, whether it be a sports team, a company, a TV show, anything, 
there's conversations that happen that, you know, you don't, you wouldn't really want the world to see because it's like, it's like, okay, you go to a great steakhouse, steak comes out. It's awesome, man. It's beautiful. And we want to eat it. But, you know, butchering that steak's a different story. Right. And, you know, because of social media, you know, we've become so transparent and, and people don't like, they don't like the butcher shop, you know? And I tell my guys that here all the time. I'm like, look guys, it is what it is. We're, we're working towards building something. We're going to be, we're going to demand a lot and I'm going to hold you to a high standard. You're not going to like it all the time, you know? And that just comes down. Like, you know, a lot of people are on Ellen right now about how she was mean to her staff. And, and I agree, bro. Like if she was like beating her staff or she's sexually harassing her staff, that's one thing. But like, you know, uh, just because she wasn't the nicest person, I mean, dude, she's trying to run something. She's trying to organize people. There's all kinds of, unless you've ever done that, you don't realize how, how difficult that actually is. And so I, I understand where people are coming from, you know, uh, on both sides. Like I understand where people are like, damn, dude, that's fucking crazy. Ellen's, Ellen's not very nice. And then also on the other side, I, I'm not surprised just from my perspective in, in business and running companies and doing things like that. I'm, I mean, that I'm to me, I'm more surprised that people think she's nice. Like I've always like, okay, like she's playing Ellen when she's on TV and behind the scenes, she probably isn't that way. And I bet you Oprah wasn't that way. And I bet anybody who's a high performer had to have difficult conversations and, and, you know, I think you could say that about any coach, any CEO, any, anybody, you know, it just so happens. She's in the, she's in the front of that, that PC culture, like way up at the front of it. And you know, it ate her up. And, uh, times I do got to yell at people. I run a business. That's what happens. And right. I think the whole situation would have died. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. When I try to make this analogy for myself and I go, okay, wh what am I trying to be the best at? I'm not trying to be the best talk show host. I'm not trying to be the best basketball player. So really my, my competition is then just with myself. And there are definitely days where I have to yell at myself and, oh, yeah. and I'm not necessarily nice to myself. I'm, I'm, you know, that, I struggle with that, bro. Yeah, so I, I yeah. think all of these things are are kind of relative and and yeah, and also subjective. Like, you know, maybe in order for uh, somebody else to function highly, they got to be really hard on themselves. And, and yeah, I don't have to be as hard on myself as they do, but I deal with my yeah. own other stuff. I just think, see, I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I've got to I've got to kick my own ass, bro. Like I do too. I, I really, say, yeah. Yeah, when I say I'm lazy, I mean it. Like, and and uh, you know David Goggins. Yeah. Um. So I talked to Goggins, and we were talking about this, and he says the same shit about him. Like, if you talk to him, he'll tell you. He's like, dude, I'm fucking lazy. He's like, I am lazy, and like the whole world sees him as Goggins, but in his head, you know, he's still that fat lazy guy that that did pest control. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. I totally get that. Would you say? I'm just curious. Would you say you're better at being positive to yourself or you're better at being a kick in your own ass. You know, it, it, it really depends if, if I get, if I get into a good rhythm and, mm -hmm. and it becomes groundhog day, I can go mm -hmm. like that for a long time with positivity. Really? I, I, I really yeah. can. What happens, what seems to happen for me is one hiccup in my schedule and I fall apart and then I got to get super negative with myself and then yeah. I got to start telling myself to, you know, then it's like, you know, pull up your bootstraps and shut the fuck up and, and all of this Let's kind go. of stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I have had huge stretches where not this year, this year, everything kind of got dismantled and it's been a real struggle yeah. to get some kind of a schedule going, but you know, the beginning of this year, kids are in school, I'm getting my workouts in, my nutrition's on point, like everything was kind of clockwork. And it was just like, this is great. I'm, and I wouldn't say I'm coasting because I'm having to put a little bit of energy into it, but it was super positive. And then, you know, catching the momentum, right? Yeah, that inertia, um, I just kind of latch on to the thing that's in motion, and it's pulling me along. Once right something else exerts kind of a, 
effort into or resistance upon me, it is really hard for me. And I say really hard. All these things are relative. That's what I deal with that's really hard. And that's right. when I have to kind of have this conversation with myself where I'm, you know, where I'm convincing myself to do to, – to continue to go after this goal that now seems insurmountably hard because life has thrown, uh, you know, quarantine right. at me or, you know uh, – uh, the drought of toilet paper. Oh, life is over. <laughs> right, you, know, yes. you can't w- wipe our asses. Dude, I relate to that too, man. Like I'm, I, I'm a big momentum guy. I love momentum and it works for me too. Like when I get into that zone of, of, of positive momentum, it's, it's like clockwork for me as well. I, I can relate to that a hundred percent, dude. I think we're very similar in that way. You know, uh, one weekend or one day where I miss my training or I miss, I mess up on my food, um, unless it was planned. Like sometimes I plan those days. Right. But, but, uh, when it's not planned, you know, that used to derail me completely. Like I could be on a, you know, a great streak dude. And I would have a, a trip up. Like, you know, I, I, you know, gave into a craving or I, I, you know, did something, I justified it. And, um, that used to throw me off because my mentality would go to, well, you already fucked it up. So yeah, uh, might as well go all the way. You know what I'm saying? Start yeah. back on Monday. And, and that mentality was so toxic for me. And when I finally got to a point where now I'm just like, I'm actually harder on myself when I'm doing good than when I'm bad. And when I'm, when I, when I screw up, I kind of look at it for me in my brain as like the, like you said, uh, like a net good, like I look at it as like a net, like I've made all these deposits into the good account. All right. I made a withdrawal in the bad account, but let's go back to making deposits right away. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I see it in my brain, you know, withdrawals and deposits. And, and, you know, so, so, so when I have those, when I was doing those things and it was becoming toxic, it's almost like a, like a paradox, right? Like, like when I, back in the day when I was really struggling, you know, I would tell myself all good things when I'm doing good things that made me more comfortable. And then when I did, uh, when I did bad things, I was very hard on myself and it's almost like it's the opposite now. So now it's like when I'm having the momentum, I'm very cognizant of trying to keep the momentum. And I realized because I've learned through experience how derailing that can be. Yeah. And then. Now, when I, when I do have a day, cause it happens where, you know, dude, I like in July, I had a birthday and, you know, for two days I had all my buddies in from out of town and we drank beer and we fucked off and we had a great time. And I didn't, I just told myself, I'm like, well, look, dude, you know, you hadn't had a cheat meal since March 9th. It's July. It's July 9th. Right. You know, it's, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so then I go to a thing where I, where I tell myself, all right, dude, look, this is normal. This is life you have the power to turn this back on. Let's just turn it back on. And, and it turns back on, you yeah. know? So it's almost like, I think completely backwards from what I thought whenever I was really struggling. And I struggled like that for dude, fuck my whole life until the last three or four years, honestly, it'd be up and down, up and down, up and down, you know? And, uh, it feels good to finally understand how to speak to myself in a proper way. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that uh, very, I think pretty much the same thing you're talking about, but in terms of guilt. And for a long time, the feeling of guilt at a, at a, a cheat day or, or a, an unplanned cheat meal or, or whatever would be so great that it would be impossible to restart or it would be right. weeks or months. And Dude, totally. And, and then... And but but I think some guilt. I think of guilt much. I think I have a much fonder association with guilt now because I think guilt is good. Like I don't want to forget everything I've been through and just pretend right. like none of that happened and I'm totally a a fixed person and I can do whatever right, right. I want now. I have like right. the idea of guilt that is gonna remind us but it can't be so extreme so it's got to be in there somewhere so yeah i think i do the same thing of of like i'm in my routine i'm getting done what i've got to get done 
and I'm going to be dogged about that and I'm going to, to, to be on myself about that and then try to roll with it when something changes and try to yeah. go like, I want to remember what my life was like, but I don't want to be so hard on myself that I can't get back to the good. Yeah, for sure. Or that you recreate that old life. You right. know what I mean? Right. Yeah, dude. I totally get it, man. Like, I bet there's people listening right now and they're like, fuck, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Right. Like, dude, I, pro- I promise you, dude, if you struggle with weight your whole life, you understand what we're talking about. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, I mean, and if you have, if you're having trouble getting to what we're talking about, if the, if the yeah. guilt, if the, if these kind of things are still insurmountable for you, just you know, it's just a matter of trying, trying more, and 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 one step at a time. Give yourself, cut yourself some slack about one thing, and then the next thing will be easier and easier and easier. You know. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it's such an interesting life. Is so interesting, man. And like, it's so, I'm like intrigued by the more the older I get, the more intrigued by the mental aspect I am. Like you know, I've got myself in, in pretty decent shape. And now, when I look in the mirror, I post a picture or something, you know, I get a lot of people are like, damn dude, you look great and stuff. But like, that's not where I derive that value anymore. I derive the value for myself in what I say to myself when I look in the mirror, like, Hey, did you do your shit? Yes. Were you good to people? Yes. Did you do what you could? Yes. Okay. That happened. Well, did you do your best? even though it didn't go your way. Yes. And you know what I'm saying? Then I can yeah. look in the mirror, in, in the mirror and build that, that confidence because dude, I'm not a naturally confident guy. Like I was, I was made fun of my whole life as well. Like I was bullied for being fat and shit when I was a kid. And, and, uh, that stuff sticks with people, man. It just helps. It forms into an identity that is something, but it, at the same, in the same breath, I'm so thankful now that I had to deal with that because it's given me a perspective of how to help people through that. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's nothing more rewarding than that for me when I can, you know, talk to someone. I have this one friend of mine, uh, his name is Joe. I really, he's, he's a, you know, we're not close friends, but we're, 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 we've become more and more friendly over the years. He's a customer of ours and he was 450 pounds. And this dude has worked and worked and worked and worked. And now he's down to 240. And wow. Yeah. And now he, he's gained a little back over COVID and he's back up to like 280. Right. And he's, he's bummed about it. And, but like, dude, for me, you know, taking people and just working them through this process is, it's such a good reward and so satisfying to help. And, you know, I talked to him yesterday via text and we were, I said, Hey, let's, you know, come down and get a workout with me. We'll talk, we'll talk through this and, and we'll get back on track. And I know this dude's going to, you pick it back up and get right back on where he, where he wants to be. But those kind of situations where, I mean, God, dude, I mean, you know, better than anybody, that shit's life changing. It's completely life changing. Like, yeah. It, and I've completely changed my perspective yeah. on, on that too, because arriving where I arrived today, the hardest, the, the hardest thing for me. And, and this is because years of dieting, has caused this almost Pavlovian necessity to see a lower number on the scale. And me too. And I get the little dopamine burst if that number is lower. And me too. Even now I'm analytically trying to go like stop, don't pay attention, weigh yourself less. But yeah. The for me, maintenance, that is the hardest thing. So me too. You're talking about your client who or your friend who who gained 40 pounds. For me, weight loss is easy. Losing weight is not hard. Gaining weight is not hard. Maintenance is hard. So uh, yep. he, he all he has is an easy block in front of him. Right. He he went through an easy block. He's got another easy block. And then, you know, figuring out maintaining is actually the difficult thing to do. And, and you know, so I, I, I look forward to massing and trying to put on a little muscle i look forward to cutting the thing that is actually tough is maintenance is going like i'm trying to not lose a pound right now yeah tough yeah I, i'm the same dude i struggle with that same thing 
just because I, you know, for the same reason, I put so much value on my scale weight um, for so many years that it, it just, it's conditioned into my brain. And I have to be real careful because, you know, in my mind, I'm, I mean, dude, I'm a pretty big dude, like big frame. So like I carry a lot of a weight and a lot of muscle and I want to be 240 in my head, right? But yeah. at 240, I look sick. I don't look good. I don't feel good. My clothes don't fit right. Yeah. And my weight, my best weight is like 265, 270. And, but even like when I look at that scale and I, and I, I see 270, I automatically, I'm like, fuck, you're getting fat, dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, even though I'm not getting fat, like I, it's not fat. It's just, that's my weight. You know what I mean? And I think that's how we all have to start thinking about it. You know, my, you know, this guy's 240 or that person's 180 is not your 180, you know, and we all have to find that spot of where we want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I had a really good friend of mine who, who Connie Rambod, uh, I'm sure you probably know who he is. He, he coaches, uh, a lot of the, he's won 19 Mr. Olympia titles as a, as a physique coach, great friend of mine, but man, he yells at me every day like about that scale, man. He's like, dude, you need to get the fuck off the scale, bro. It fucks yeah. in your head. Yeah. And, but I'm so afraid of getting big again, dude. Like I can't help it. I, I just want to know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know me too. I, yeah. yeah. Like I, I'm on, I'm I'm on I'm probably we probably have very similar body types because 270 is probably a, a weight that I'm going to wind up at and and yeah. try to ch- hang out at and I'm now down to 250 and just struggling to like get how tall are you six one yeah we're the same height yeah so. I'm working on every striation so I can get one picture and then I'm gonna mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna do a massing phase and. But even when I do maintenance and like I come into maintenance going like I've been cutting. So I've, I've depleted some of the glycogen in my muscles. I know that when I increase my calories, some of that is just going to be my muscles filling with water. Right. right. When, I, when I see that bump on the scale and I'm going like this is not fat, I know that yeah. it's, still, it's still really hard to – to see and even when i go like i'm 250 now and i know my ideal weight is 270 what am i you know i still yeah. want the number to go down no, i want I it to go it, down dude. i like I simultaneously it. don't want to be 249 yeah, but i need the number do. to go down <laughs> dude it's such a mind game bro it's so I weird i feel you 100 percent, dude i do you i wish my wife was on this call because she would be laughing her ass off right now yeah. because Every morning I wake up, no matter what the fucking scale says, bro. Like today I woke up, I was 269.4. And I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, for some reason that 270 number is like, this makes no sense, by the way. Like this, there's no logic here. This is just me unloading my crazy brain. Yeah. But like if I'm 270, 271, I'm like, like I get on, I'm like, fuck, 271. What did I eat yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, and then and then today I get on and I'm like two sixty nine point four. I'm like fuck. I'm wasting away. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm not gonna, dude. It's it is the weirdest thing. I have the same thing, man. It's it, she laughs at me, you know, because like for for dude, she you know she's always been on board with trying to help me and helps me tremendously. But uh, but now it's to the point where like it's like all right. Dude, you're just gonna have to deal with your crazy on your own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, my wife too. She just is, doesn't want to hear anything about yeah. it. Yeah. She, I mean, that's kind of why. That's a big part of why I have a podcast. Is she was like, I don't want to hear about any diets or t- workout techniques. I don't want to hear you talking to other people about it when we have company over for dinner. Like I've had <laughs> enough. Dude, you've become a student of the game, brother. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. That's what's interesting to me, you know, is I've I've always been a, a student of of people who seem, in my opinion, to have their shit together. And, uh, you know, it's intriguing to me. Like, it's intriguing to me to learn and how people think and what processes are keeping them where they are, what processes are helping them get where they want to be or how, you know what I mean? Like that little conversation that's happening in, in all of our heads all the time is so interesting to me because dude, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, all of us are our own worst enemy because we all know what to say. 
We, yeah. we know how to sell ourselves, dude. We can sell ourselves on anything. Yep. You know, like, dude, when you were 500 pounds, I promise you, you were the world's best salesman at selling yourself on eating whatever the fuck you wanted to eat. And, dude, I was the same. Like, I could justify anything, anything, anything to myself when it came to food or missing a workout. Yeah, like, a, a weird thing happens, and I find that it happens in either direction. I would have to sell myself on something a couple of times, and then that was that was done. Then it was just standard practice. You know, if if right, right, right. If the first right. three times that I went and ordered a second uh, superstar with cheese or whatever, right, you know, right, right. a second meal for myself at 3 a.m. after having Dude. on my way home to go to bed, I'm going to get another cheeseburger. The right. first time I did that, I would have to kind of tell it was like a treat. Yeah. I'd rationalize right. why it was okay and all of this. But then after that, it was just like, Oh no, now I get two. Um, and, and much in the same way as like, you know, wh why is it important to increase my cardio a little bit? every week and then deload and take a break also. But like, that's gotta be part of it. Um, right. I, you know, the first bit is like, no, you gotta do this. This is necessary. And then you're just doing it. And it's not something that I have to continually sell myself on, but yeah, I could sell I totally myself anything. That. Yeah. It, it, yeah, dude. It's I get what you're saying though, about the routine thing too, though. Like my, my go-to, uh, here I'm in Missouri. So we have a lot of Jack in the boxes right here. Yeah. And so like, you know, my thing would be, you know, it started off as, you know, the ultimate cheeseburger and, and two tacos. Yes. And then dude, by the time I was, you know, 350 pounds, it was the ultimate cheeseburger, two large fries, eight tacos. And, it, <laughs> and it, that was the normal order. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, at first, it was just me, like, oh, tonight I'm going to get this. I'm going to feast tonight, you know? Yeah. And then it became, like, the routine. And, dude, <clears throat> I totally understand what you're talking about, bro. Like, that, how we ease ourselves into these these horrible fucking decisions. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And and then <laughs> stop thinking about them. Then, right. Then like it's it, just it how we just live. Normal. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, dude. I get it, man. And and I love food. Like I would, I tell people like, I'm a food, I'm a food addict. Right. Like, and I think people, you know, and dude, dude, I'm a glutton. This is good that I'm on the show because yeah. it's the truth. Like you put fucking beers in front of me, I'm going to drink 30. Yeah. You put pizza in front of me, I'm going to eat two of them. And that's just what I do. And it's, 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 uh, it's been a long, I don't know where that comes from either, dude. Like, I don't know where that ever came from, but I guess it just came from feeling good when I, when I ate food, you know, but it got to a point where, I don't know. It just got to a point for me where I was, I just realized like, this is not how I'm supposed to be living. You know what I mean? And I was starting to let down people around me, you know, like my, my, my people at work, you know, the people I employ, the, the, my wife, the people that depend on me, you know? And, and I think that's, you know, I mean, what made you change, brother? Like, because I mean, dude, this is this is. I mean, you're not the same dude. No, I'm not. And and it, you know, f initially it was really kind of uh, trying to, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of like looking into the future of like mm -hmm. what my life could be. Like, I I wasn't I wasn't considering that I was on a path to anything. I was just kind of like moving through life and and with no direction and then i i met this girl and well i i knew her but we started to see each other and and suddenly the there was some future that became important and it was sharing a future with her and mm -hmm. so i had to actually go like what path am i on what do i want and and this became my path now this path has been tough and it's been kind of all over the place with reversions. But, you know, as far as food and drugs and alcohol go, I, I, I'm the same way. I ha I go until I black out, basically. I mean, right. And if that's yeah. food, I go until I'm nauseous if I can, you know, and then there would be some societal things that would get in the way, like embarrassment. I couldn't mm -hmm. do that in front of people. I would be too right. embarrassed. So, yeah, I did it at night alone if at I'm home right. if I'm on a trip with my friends and we go out to a nice dinner and then we all go back to the hotel I'm ordering room service me too bro you know me too I go out yeah. to dinner with my friends in LA and I can't wait to get back to the hotel so I can 
order room service. Yeah. I'm thinking during my dinner with my friends, I'm thinking about the pay-per-view movie and the room service, which Dude, is me crazy. Too. Yeah, um, me too, bro. I still do that out of habit. Oh, like, I do too. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have to fight it. Like the hard, one of the hardest things for me to do, bro, is to go home when I'm traveling like, let's just say I'm, I'm traveling somewhere and I'm meeting somebody and to go home after dinner and go to bed and not order room service. It yeah. is one of the hardest things for me to do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I have, it's really hard if the trip is short, if, if I'm somewhere for an extended time, I just, I just make sure that I, the, like my first stop when I land in a different city will be like, find a grocery store, get food, right. room service right. is off limits. Like I, I, right, right, right. I have to do that. Um, you know, and hopefully the grocery store has, you know, meat that that's works cooked with you, that I, sure. you know, if I don't right. have a kitchen in my hotel. Yeah, that's kind of how I do it, too. When I travel, I sort of do a modified keto. Like, I just kind of switch whatever I'm doing over onto a keto program while I'm traveling just because it seems like it's just easier to, to do. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. I mean, unless you can find, like, some meal service or something. Yeah, yeah. we've got... um I'm actually blanking on their name because I really don't eat there very often. But uh, there's a there's like a a Mexican chain, and they'll like build you a burrito in a bowl. Chipotle, sorry, <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah, yeah. You go to yeah. Chipotle, you get chicken and rice and some veggies. That's that, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of been helpful too. Um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, you, you know, there's ways to game all of this stuff and. Obviously, for me, it sounds like for you too. The easiest is the routine, and then disrupting that—that's mm-hmm. a tough. That's a tough hurdle to get over. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a constant battle, bro. I think you and I are both going to be battling it forever. You know what I'm saying? I would love to get to a point where it's automatic, but also I don't think that that's a really good place to be because you're not. You know, if it was automatic, then your mental discipline and your mental, the mental aspect is kind of taken out of the equation, which I started to enjoy. You know what I mean? Like I start to, I enjoy those mental victories now. Like, like when I go home from, to a hotel from being in, you know, in another city, um, <clears throat> and I don't order room service. When I wake up in the morning, dude, I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. Like that was good stuff. You know what I mean? It yeah. sounds weird, no, but that's yeah. a massive victory for me, you know? Totally. And I don't know. I, I just... Uh, no, I have no aspirations. F- I, I do believe that if I ever gave up on putting effort into this because it was all just so easy now that I didn't have to apply any analytical thought to it, I think I would just go the other way. I So I agree. It's going to be lifelong. That said, today the discomfort I feel from applying mental effort to this is so much better than th- all the discomfort that went into, you know, being 500 pounds, going to the oh, Jack in the yeah. box, the ultimate cheeseburgers. I mean, yeah, I loved ultimate cheeseburgers. Ultimate cheeseburgers yeah. were incredible, Yeah, but that's not really part of my game plan now. And for sure. And that's okay. It's not worth it. That's no. right. Like, like, dude, I totally feel you, man. Like, I'm like, I'm to a point now where it's, I can really see the the benefits. You know, I can see I can see the 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 cost versus the benefits, so to speak, in that situation. And you know, I finally, at you know, 40 years old, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, all right, that's not worth that, bro. <laughs> you know, yeah. and really, why what keeps me from knowing it's not worth it is knowing that the hill it could possibly send me down. You know? Yeah. It's almost like AA, like how dudes go to AA, you know, and they never drink again. Yeah. Except for, you know, that would be like going to AA and being told, all right, dude, you got to drink, you know, two beers three times a day to survive. Right. That's what being a food addict's like, you know, or, or like being addicted to heroin. And they say, okay, we know you're addicted to heroin, but you got to do a little bit three times a day. Otherwise you're going to die. Right. Like, dude, that's what being an addict to food is like. And I think a lot of people really don't understand that. I, I, I totally, totally see it different than how I used to see it, especially when I talk to other people, because I'm sure you, as well as, as myself, I can recognize that in other people pretty, pretty, pretty quick, that same mentality, you know, for those of you guys out there struggling, you know, with, with your weight, uh, understand that it is a hard, it's hard. Like it, a lot of people who have never struggled with weight and never struggled with like food addiction, they really, 
don't have a, a way to measure against it. And that's not excusing it. I'm not saying you can't beat it. I'm just saying it is really fucking hard. And it's hard for people who who are smart. It's hard for people who, you know, I think a lot of people who ha- struggle with this, you know, it's almost like they let their self-worth go to the shitter because, you know, everybody can see their problem, right? Like we can, I know, like I notice when you're 500 pounds, everybody does. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, we, we almost feel it's, it's right. It's embarrassing, man. And, and so anybody out there that's struggling with this, like I understand everybody else has problems and nobody really understands your problems unless they've been through it. And it doesn't make you any less of a person because you're struggling with this problem. It's just a problem that we got to address, you know? And I think getting people out of that mindset of like, Oh, I'm a total piece of shit because I'm, you know, 400 pounds. It's just not true. It's not true at all. But what is true is you lack discipline in a certain area. And that's, that's the issue that needs to be fixed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and you can create habits that will help sure. you achieve that discipline. It is possible. For sure. Easy, man. It's, it's, uh, it's just harnessing. I think for most people, it's getting them to have a breakthrough, a couple breakthroughs of doing some things that they never did before. Like for me, and a lot of people in the 75 hard program will uh, voice this as well. You know, I had never went more than six days without a cheat meal or a cheat day, even when I was in shape. And so, you know, when I first did 75 hard, I got to day eight. I'm like, or, you know, day seven, even I got through that first Sunday without cheating. That was a massive deal for me. And so, you know, getting to points where we can recognize, okay, I've never really been here. And for most people, man, that's only like a week or two, right? Like most people can't go. They hear, Oh, go two weeks without eating, whatever. They're like, Holy shit, dude. I don't know if I can do that. You know? And because they never did it. But once we get people to start realizing that these these boundaries and these limitations that that you think are actual limitations, once we get you to see that it's really not, it's really just you and the way you think, you know, people become powerful at that point, you know? Yes. Yes. And I love seeing that. I, yeah. I love it too, brother. This has been an amazing conversation. I, I can't oh, thank thanks, you brother. enough for, for, for making this happen. I appreciate it so much. Oh, likewise, brother. You know, anytime you want to talk, man, I'm looking forward to having you out and, and having you on our show as well. So yeah, I can't uh, wait. I really, yeah, dude, I really, really appreciate the conversation. Thanks for having me on the show, brother. Thank you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. And now for the Q&A. Kevin writes, as you cycle through month after month of push-pull legs, year after year, how do you change it up? You kind of have to maintain the core compound lifts in there, leaving you only a few exercises to change up. How do you do it and why? Do you follow anyone's plan or design it yourself? Great question, Kevin. I do basically a push-pull leg split workout where, you know, one day is dedicated to chest, one day is dedicated to back, and one day is dedicated to legs. In broad terms, within chest, you also get um, all, all of the kind of pushing motions. So that would be like triceps. And, you know, sometimes I cheat and do shoulders on chest days too. And and with back, you get pulling motions um, like biceps, for instance. You know, he's you're right, Kevin. There, there, there really are only so many things you can do. And, and I'll do what I'll do is using kind of the principles of progressive overload. I'll set a workout schedule for a week. And then the following week, I'll do the same workouts, the same exercises, but I'll increase them a little bit, a little bit of weight, a little bit of sets or, or rep ranges. And then I'll do that over and continue to go up in that way for four or five weeks. Then I'll deload, take a week really easy, and then I'll start over again. And and I don't really do them exactly the same every time. So chest, you could do, uh, you know, flat chest, incline chest, decline chest. You could do it with a bar. You could do it with dumbbells. There's the, you know, flies. And then I'll sometimes mess around with the Smith machine just because I want to switch it up in that way. 
But yeah, basically the core exercises are pretty much the same. But then, you know, you have lots of like smaller muscles to work on. So it'll be like, you know, delts in my back or, you know, traps. Uh, I just haven't gotten bored doing that. And for a long time, I was programming it myself, but I was having a little bit of trouble getting below 10% body fat. So I have a really wonderful coach right now named Jared Feather, who is programming for me. And uh, it's going great. But this is all stuff you can totally read about and figure out doing on your own. It, it does not require a coach. Um, <clears throat> I hope that's helpful. Uh, thanks for the question, Kevin. If you have a question you would like me to answer on the show, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>